You know, during lockdown, when you're working on a billion Zoom calls, and you know what, sometimes it's not BAU, you just want to chill out on a Zoom call with friends or colleagues. What do you do to, to pass, the, pass the time? Uh, I like those videos of dogs where they're playing piano and howling and singing, <laughs> you know. So. Just animals doing people activity. Well, one of the things that I like doing with my colleagues is I like doing quizzes. I also like doing it with my family. I like doing it with my friends, as dodgy as that sounds. Now, we have a sponsor this week, John. Let me tell you about them. Quiz Swish. There is a quiz website, believe it or not. They have quizzes about TV and movies, lifestyle and sports, and we'll play about with them a little bit later on in the pod. So, John, when you're playing basketball and you shoot a fucking good shot, what sound do you make? Swish. There you go, quizswish.com. <laughs> in a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts... You have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello and welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, a film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Well, my filmy friends, each and every week we drop a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever good podcasts are found. Joining me on the pod today is my co-host. It is a man who has worked on video games such as Guitar Hero, DJ Hero, but not just that. He has an album called Lucky Dust available on Spotify. John Crick, aka Descamento. How are you doing, pal? pretty good after that intro flinty that was one of your best for a while what have i done to deserve this well he's just a good guy mate ain't you oh, just thank a, you. a nice guy Consistent. what have you been doing what, what? Does nice guys do? <laughs> shamefully i've watched a reality tv show this week which i couldn't take my eyes off it's one of the trashiest things i've watched in a long time and i bloody loved it you know i used to work on cruise ships um so there's one called Below Deck on Netflix, and it's about like posh yachting. And so it's all about the staff that work on this posh yacht, and they get people that pay 50 grand for three days to stay on this yacht. And it is just fascinating, if you, especially if you worked on ships before. And nearly everyone in there is repulsive and have a terrible personality, but you can't take your eyes off it. So I feel quite dirty uh, but I did end the week last night watching Charlie Kaufman's latest movie, which we're going to talk about later. So I feel, I'm feeling a bit more cultured now, but I still have that stench, the reality TV stench. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. I haven't really been watching too much. I stand at Tell I've started watching uh, The Boys season two. Uh, Amazon over the weekend dropped the first three episodes. Uh, if I had to review it right now, I would say... I'm intrigued. First episode banging, second episode's a bit of a lull. Third episode when it starts kicking in, that's just when they take it away from you. <laughs> They've got you by the, ga- the ganglies and then they turn around and say, you've got to wait another week. Why are uh, they doing this? Netflix just released a series. Is this a new tactic? From- well, it's an interesting debate that goes on between the streamers, right? So you think about like The Mandalorian. Um, they they stuck to their weekly schedule uh, in a very regimented fashion and it meant they controlled the conversation for 12 weeks um so yeah every week people would be like what did baby yoda do this week and all that sort of cool stuff and um, there's a lot to be said about dragging it out not in a dragging it out in a negative way but dragging it out in terms of each week they just give us a little bit of a taste i told you the one tv show that wished they didn't do that was game of thrones because it's been a year now since that finale but uh, every week everyone's just like very patiently i was like that gif of uh, lenny from the simpsons just hmm, yes yes what's next week going to tell and unfortunately it just got worse and worse uh, didn't it but one of the things i've been doing over the last week is do you remember tony hawk's pro skater 
Yes, and I know what you're going to say, and I'm jealous. I got the Love remake, it. baby. Oh, oh, is it good? Oh, what are we doing? Jo- talking about games, Flinty. I thought we were. I know, playing. I know, I know, I know. We are, we are. But I can't link it into filming somehow. Actually, Jack Black, <laughs> Jack Black is in it as an unlockable character. There you go. There's a, a loose filmy link to it. Um, but if you are our age or or a little bit older, you probably hold these games in very high regard. If you like the soundtrack. It has been remastered. It is banging. The graphics are absolutely tip-top. It's next-gen. And also, but more importantly, that gameplay is exactly the same as it was before. But, John, it's got the level editor. Do you remember that level editor? I bloody love the level editor. You can make that level editor and do whatever the fuck you want with it, baby. It is absolutely incredible. And um, If you have a chance, if you are into your games, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake is definitely there. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the Church of Cinema and what has graced its screens or not over the last week or so. So we kick on with news. Yes, please. News. Right, so let's talk about John Boyega for a minute. So John Boyega has been causing, uh, I don't know what the right word is, a lot of conversations, let's just call it that. Um, he was on the front cover of British GQ magazine last week. And I know, you know, this might be a little bit more tabloidy shit, but um, it's fascinating the stuff he spoke about. He dropped some tea. He was talking specifically about his experience playing Finn in the Star Wars universe. And he he dropped some knowledge. He dropped some truth. And uh, I'm going to quote some bits from this and we'll, we'll you know, I don't want to say pull it apart. I don't mean it in a negative way. We'll see what learning's come from this and what truth is coming from it. So, at first, yeah, the, the first thing he says about this is when I say to Disney is do not market a black character as important and then push them aside. Like you guys knew what you were doing with Daisy Ridley. You knew what you were doing with Adam Driver. You knew what you were doing with these other people. But when it comes to Kelly Marie Tran, when it comes to John Boyega, you know fuck all. So what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say, oh, I love being part of it. It was a great experience. No, nah, I'm not taking that. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver. They gave all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. To be honest, Daisy and Adam know this. Everybody knows this. I'm not exposing anything. I paraphrase something there. But I thought that was, I mean, in all honesty, like the more I think about this, the more the guy's got a point. Like, do you remember the first posters of The Force Awakens when all that dropped and he got all that fucking shit because they're like, oh my God, like a black stormtrooper, a black Jedi? Do you remember that, that time? Yeah. And uh, yeah, his character, to be fair, ha- didn't have a whole lot of depth. I guess is that that's what he's getting at. Um, well, they and it was like the up. It's the newcomer. It's the upcomer. You know, rather than the established. Which I guess maybe he looks back on as a a bit too sympathetic from Disney. Maybe. Well, I think it's more to do with the fact that like they literally they. It put him on the poster holding a fucking lightsaber. Like, he is going to be a Jedi. He's going to do some pretty cool stuff. Now people... And then all of a sudden... And there's a really interesting narrative of he's a stormtrooper who defects. He's conflicted. He has a conscience. And and he he joins the Resistance. And in that first movie, all the, the, the blocks were there. But because of Disney slash Lucasfilm's plans or no plans, they ended up casting him aside. And it ended up being that his character wasn't necessarily as groundbreaking as you were led to believe. Now, I don't know if you call that baiting in terms of trying to lure in a new audience and then just brush their character one side, but he's got a point. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this wakes some people up uh, over there at Lucasfilm and they think a little bit more about how uh, they, they portray characters of different 
different persuasions. But I'm 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 a massive fan of John Boyega anyway, and this just makes me love him more. To be honest, just how he's literally like, you know what, my fucking contract's dried. I've got that Disney money. I'm gonna say the fucking truth now, and uh, he is dropping some knowledge for all of us there. Um, I think he is going to be in. Oh, what is his next project? Let's look that up. But um, are you a Boyega fan? Yeah, I love it. anyone outspoken. I think it's it's just more interesting than the media trained kind of actor. Um, so yeah, I I think, I think it's wicked, but he's telling his truth, you know. Nice. I can't. Uh, my my computer is being a bit funny at the moment, but uh, I know he's lining up loads of cool stuff. We'll talk about that another time. Another project that's being lined up is uh, done by Mr. Zack Schneider himself. So he is working on a Netflix original uh, set in the George A. Romero dead world. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Zack Snyder did do a remake of a George A. Romero movie. He done uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, the remake in 2004 one of the best zombie movies period and he is continuing to play in that toy box and doing another movie called army of the dead it's got stars like dave batista to name but a few of and um even before that movie has come out netflix has announced that they are going to be doing a prequel movie as well as a prequel anime spin-off now john have you ever heard of a franchise being birthed on the success of a film that's not come out yet uh no are you going to give me an example I, I can't generally think of one, to be fair, <laughs> but I am a massive fan of George A. Romero movies. I love the fact that uh, Zack Schneider made an amazing version in his way of uh, Dawn of the Dead. So looking forward to see more of this. I can't remember. Are you a zombie movie guy? I love Dawn Till Dusk, uh, Robert Rodriguez um, with Salma Hayek and Quentin Tarantino. I love seeing yes. Quentin in films, even if it's his own. He's actually a good actor. Like, he is he, good. He's just a for his dialogue and his delivery is is really good. I think. <laughs> is that the film where he talks about no in Desperado? He does a cameo in Desperado, doesn't he? Where he just walks in and he just essentially talks about getting at his dick and pissing, and only Quentin Tarantino can deliver that in a way which is kind of funny, but at the same time he's being deadly, deadly serious. Um, so I think that is deadly serious. Is COVID? Unfortunately, that has been uh, going through. Uh, Hollywood it's been going through the world and a couple of people high profile names have been uh, announced as uh, unfortunately either suffering or just about getting over from COVID we'll start off with The Rock uh, the, like, if it can get The Rock it can fucking get anyone like if you think that you've got a great immune system or if you think that you can just go out about wearing a mask speak to the fucking Rock man such a shame isn't it yeah it's crazy if anyone can fight it off it is the rock, surely. I couldn't help but go through his Instagram like that day because he was just like, oh, you know, me and my family have had it for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it's and during this entire like over the last few weeks, all he has been doing from home is promoting his tequila brand. So, like, he, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, were you that sick <laughs> that you were able to basically keep doing your, your promo stuff? I suppose, you know, you keep working as much as you can and everything else. Another name, which um, unfortunately is on the COVID list, is R-Bats. Um, yes, we heard rumours that they have stopped again production of the Batman due to a key cast member getting sick. That led to a lot of different uh Rumours being spread around across the internet, but it was unveiled that Robert Pattinson, our Batman, is uh, unfortunately the person who contracted this. So hopefully, you know, they, they get better and they, they come back, but like no one is immune to this. No one, it uh, doesn't matter how much money you've got, doesn't matter how much uh, privilege you might have around you, is that if you're not careful, you will get this and mm. hopefully they'll get better. But yeah, it's worth come, noting. It's come full circle. 
came from a bat to the ultimate bat <laughs> via six million people. I, uh, uh, stolen from Twitter. I, I read that somewhere. I thought it was quite funny. But there we go. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Let's talk about actual, actual movie news then. So um, Francis Ford Coppola is going to be re-releasing a new edit of The Godfather Part 3 in cinemas uh, for December. Now, I'm going to be honest. Out of The Godfather movies, the third one for me is the worst. Um, where does that sit for you, John, The Godfather movies? Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> third... It, well, I think I, I loved. I watched the Godfather trilogy far too late in my life. It was one of them where I was like putting it off for years, and then I, I did it because they are long movies. Um, but yeah, I think second's best, then first, and third. Yeah, is is the bottom of everyone's list. So I'm really interested to see why and what uh, he's going to do here. Yeah, I mean, well, so the 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 word on the street is that there is a alternative ending as well as an alternative beginning. So he's basically saying two-thirds of this movie you have not seen. It's on the cutting room floor, and due to timing, shooting uh, interference, and everything else, it was changed a lot. It had a troubled production. And this is kind of the the new edit. In fact, it's even going to have a new title. Uh, I can't – I need to look it up. But um, there is a, it's not just going to be called The Godfather Part 3. It'll be like a Godfather something, uh, something or other at the end of it because that's how titles work, Adam. But um, this, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm fascinated that they're going to be releasing this in cinema. Like, this isn't going to be like a streamer trying to poach it or just another way to try and sell some Blu-rays. This is a this is something they're, they're making for the silver screen that is going to be out this Christmas. So um, given what's going on in the world right now, John, would you put on a mask to go see a re-edited version of The Godfather Part 3? I wouldn't. I, I would put it on my watch list. But I'm I'm not going to uh, a cinema to watch it with a mask. Well, some people have been bracing the cinema over the last three weeks. Uh, we had New Mutants that came out. We had Bill and Ted uh, face the music, and also Tenet. Now, Tenet has grossed 150 million dollars worldwide. Now, if this let's just be straight, if this was normal times, we would be saying that it's one of the biggest flops in box office history uh, for a film of that magnitude, with that market, and with that sort of hype and everything else behind it. 150 million in that world is a failure. Now, in this world. That is a different story altogether. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the amount of shade Tenet got um, just after that first weekend. Uh, John, I know you haven't a chance to, to see it yet, and when you do, we will get that spoiler special in, baby, because we need to talk about this film. Oh, my God, we need to talk about it. But um, the, the amount of shade people were throwing at this movie for not liking certain elements of it, but all of that's all of a sudden turning around now that it's becoming more and more popular to, to hail this as a good film. Um, but interestingly enough, a lot of people were slamming uh, New Mutants um, because they released that in cinema without screeners. And a lot of people were, yeah, rightfully so, saying, you know what, we ain't going to review it. Uh, either you send us a screener but or, or not, but don't tell us we've got to go to the cinema. I wondered if they had the same level of snobbery towards Tenet. Just asking. I'd, be, I'd love, to, love to hear people's thoughts on that. But, John, this might change cinema a little bit. Um, it might convince people to come back. 150 million is not to sneer at in these times. Yeah, it's a big disappointment. Now, America took 20 million on the opening weekend, which is a, a massive flop. I guess... America has COVID much worse than most, and it's. Oh, don't worry, we'll catch up. 
<laughs> it's a pretty clear indication that America aren't ready to go back to cinemas anyway. But um, yeah, so it's a, I guess a tale of two stories. But um, I, yeah, I, I want to watch it so badly, Flinty, but I just don't want to go to the cinema. Well, well, you're not alone, John, as evidenced by the, the box office take. Another film coming out in November. Oh, I should have done this with the goddamn Godfather thing, shouldn't I? Anyway, another film that will be coming out in November is James Bond, Bond 25, No Time to Die. We had the trailer drop. Now, this unapologetically, first thing, bangs up. Bond is back, and Bond is back in cinemas in November. John, you've seen the trailer. What's your thoughts? I think I might have seen all the uh, big action stunts already. Um, might not bother watching them. I think I can fill in the gaps now. Uh, if you can't tell by my tone, I'm not. I can't be asked with Bond. Nothing particularly intrigues me about this. But you know, I'm not the audience. I like weird Charlie Kaufman movies, as you'll find out later. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. What 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 are you thinking? Thank you for asking, John. I was, uh, to be honest, I am not hyped about this movie for a couple of reasons. One is He's that... too old. Hey, he is too old. He looks very old in this trailer, didn't he? Um, but also, it was just a case of Skyfall was so good, right? That was the return to form, if there was such a thing. And it was just, it was a great, great movie. Spectre was a letdown. And by all accounts, he was done. And then all of a sudden, because of how poorly Spectre was received critically, and I suppose a lot of people felt that there was something left on the field to go give, they decided to come back with this. Now, they're, and, um, you know, where they go from this, I'm interested in that. Now, let's face it. None of us gives a shit about the first two acts of this movie. You know what the fuck you're going to get. Big open set piece. They're going to somehow make it so that his love interest from the previous two movies is kind of working with the bad guy. The bad guy is a typical paint-by-numbers Bond villain. The stakes look a little higher than they've ever been because you hear him say the line, everything ends if we don't save the world or whatever correct phrasing was and there's some cool gadgets but we don't give a shit about that let's face it we all want to know what happens in that third act when what happens with the replacement double o agents what happens with daniel craig what happens to james bond that's the only thing we really care about and i just felt that wanting to know that so i wanted to know uh, from the trailer now i'm i'm a little bit debbie downer on it and um, i wasn't as hyped as the rest of the internet was on this also, do you remember when like the whole point of this Bond reboot was supposed to be it's gritty, grounded in realism and all that stuff? He has a fucking plane that turns into a submarine. <laughs> like, I like the, that. The that jump. I mean, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people are liking it, and you know, maybe I'm slamming it for no reason. But um, when you heard the original director walked because wasn't allowed any creativity of this, uh, when you hear that there's lots of little jiggery things happening to the script constantly, not too hyped about that, but. I do want to see something new. I don't want to be something, uh, you know, I want to see something born into this new uh, new way forward with however they take Bond. So, you know, I'm going to go see it because I want, to, I want that third act. Everyone wants to know what fucking happens. But I just, the trailer is just further evident that we're just going to get two hours prior to that of stuff we've seen before. Uh, what's what's going on with the Bond girls these days? Do they do they just not, I haven't watched a Bond movie in a long time, in case you hadn't noticed, because I'm a terrible film critic if i even <laughs> but um i mean they they used to be a bond girl was a thing from this trailer it looks like there's several and they're all far too young to be love interest of yeah they're, they're not um they're not so they shipped him with uh with someone inspector 
I'll leave it at that. And um, she is returning in this movie and all of a sudden it looks like she's something from her past is coming back to, to haunt it. Look, we all know, I'm not saying she's going to be fridged or anything like that, but um, clearly she's a plot device. She's at least 45, I hope. So it looks like a <laughs> genuine middle-aged couple because otherwise... But I've got to say, Anna de Armas, uh, who you might know from Knives Out uh-huh. and uh, Blade Runner 2049, she looks like she kicks ass in this film. Like those d- fucking double Uzis, like that looks awesome. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think she's the love interest of Daniel Craig in this. I think uh, I don't know where they're going with, with any of that, but I don't think it's the, in the direction of Amadate Armas. Um, interesting to see the new double O, though. Um, and they, you know, they have a, a pretty nice bit of dialogue, bit of snappy dialogue with her. She's a shooter or whatever he says. You know, I can't even remember. That's how, that's how forgetful some parts of that trailer was. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's Bond. He's back. And we will find out what happens in that third act. So that is what we are looking for too. What are your thoughts on the Bond trailer? Give us your hypotheses about where you think Bond is going to go. Let us know on Twitter at TalkFilmingToMe. Do you know why the Phoenix sits on the right hand of the Emperor? She is his guardian, his protector. She's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? The Disney remake train keeps on chugging. However, this is a very different release. This is a premiere release across Disney plus Disney's Mulan. Now, I think it's fair to say that the remake machine has had a few cogs spin out in different directions. We have had the Jungle Book remake, which definitely veered off the path the beaten path of the narrative we've had a shot for shot remake like they've done with with the lion king and they've done a little bit different but ultimately the same with aladdin now mulan is very much in the camp of yes we will take what has come before but we will tell our own story a reimagining of the classic town now a lot of people had a few problems with this because they said look there's going to be no songs in this movie going to be no Mushu and you had the hashtag release Mushu and all that sort of stuff the Mushu cut people wanting in this now just to unfortunately just to to piss on those people just a little bit you are aware this story is over 3,000 years old have been told in many different incarnations and only one of them has had a talking singing dragon so you can forgive Disney for wanting to go in slightly a different direction with another reimagining of this look I'm not going to go into the whole detail you know this by now Uh, An emperor of China uh, issues a decree that one man must serve in his uh, must serve per family in the imperial army. Now, Mulan is the eldest daughter and also an honored warrior steps into place to fill for her father. Now, that means she's masquerading in the army as a man. And then a uh, I'm not going to go into much more story details, but you know the story if you've seen this film before. If you're a kid in the 90s, you definitely have seen the original animated uh, feature. But essentially, um, they do some twists. They do some turns. So one of the things about Mulan in this version is that she has uh, she's a great warrior, but she's not just a great warrior through her, her ability to fight, but actually her inner strength, her chi, kind of like a superpower, um, kind of feels a bit midi-chlorians, if I'm being honest. Um, but all of a sudden, it's recognized that her ability to fight is you know, far, far better than anyone else around her. And obviously, they're seeing her through the gaze of dressing as a male, and she she comes to promise within uh, an army very, very quickly. And there's an evil force that is making its way to the emperor, and she needs to get there to basically save the emperor. That's essentially the, the plot to this movie. Now, what makes this film absolutely fascinating is a the 
sprawling set pieces within this movie. It's very sort of noughties, China cinema. You think uh, House of Flying Daggers, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that sort of stuff. Uh, but also the cast, like the cast is you know similar to, I'm going to compare this to Black Panther, not because I only know of two different movies that contain a massive ethnic cast, but more because um, you can see the goals they're trying to achieve of highlighting the excellence of a culture. So this very much has some of the best actors of Chinese descent that are making up the cast within this. Also some royalty within this. Quite literally, Jet Li is playing the emperor in this, playing literal royalty, as well as some newcomers as well. The action in this film is incredible. I don't know how Disney managed to make it a PG because of the action. Actually, I know there's no blood. That's how they managed to get around it. But um, yeah, this is... Uh, I. Look, I I did dig this uh, for a number of reasons. I thought the action was fantastic. Uh, John, do you remember Mulan? Where's that sit for you? Is it a classic? It's uh, not not really. It wasn't really one that I uh, got into. Um, I you know I've since watched it uh, and stuff. Working on Disney ships, of course. But yeah, it's it's kind of a war movie in a lot of ways. Uh, so it is interesting that they've how they've gotten around that. Um, and obviously, it's a lot, uh, a lot about gender as well. Um, I mean, how did you find that side of things? How they tackle those things? I, I think they they kind of over egg the pudding to use a very British phrase. And I think the reason why is not because I think that it's trying to be woke or anything like that. But Mulan becomes prominent in this movie because of her ability to fight and her ability to uphold her family honor. That's an amazing plot device already. Do they really need to add in that she has a strong chi, which means she can move, she can make an uh, avalanche happen, or she can dodge arrows and catch them midair and karate kick them back and, you know, amazing, amazing visual effects and everything else? Like, why can it just be good enough that she's just an amazing warrior and that is how she wins the respect of her colleagues? Like, does it, why does it have to be about an additional power within her? Um, so that's the one thing that kind of brushed up against me. And that is the, the, the issue I have with this movie in terms of the, the storytelling. Um, it didn't need it. Like I say, it felt like Star Wars with the midi-chlorians. Of, I didn't need to know why she was amazing. She's just amazing. And she wants to uphold her family honor. And that means that she is willing to lie. She is willing to go against uh, the law in terms of women not being allowed to participate in the army. And she does that under the guise of dressing as a man. And she, she kicks ass in it. Now, let's keep politics to one side because I know a lot of people are boycotting this movie because of the cast have been uh, speaking out for their support of the Chinese government and things like that. Look, we, we, ain't, we don't know enough to even comment on that shit. We're just here to talk about the movie. Um, really, really enjoyed most of this movie. The things that I didn't like, like I say, is this kind of whole thing about chi superpower stuff and also the pacing. Like it, The pacing is quite relentless, to be honest. Like One minute, literally, she, she goes from being walking up a mountain, holding up a bucket of water, having a bit of a jolly with her her cohorts, that all of a sudden she's riding a horse across uh, a mountain to go save the emperor because some weird witch lady's going to, to come kill him. Um, there are some great cameos in this as well. The voice of the original Mulan is in it as well for a blink and miss it scene, but she looks incredible in it, and it's just a really nice scene, Mulan introducing the new Mulan, and that makes sense um, when you see it in the film. Um no songs, but didn't warrant songs. Uh, definitely. I've got to say, I'm probably going to say it's probably the best live action remake. Um, I'm going to say that um, at the Disney wheelhouse. I just didn't get on with the the pacing. I didn't get on with the the whole superpowers 
thing but um it's still very good and is this worth paying 19.99 or 29.99 in terms of dollars uh, for our us audience um i would say yes i would say it is um for a number of reasons one uh, the audience this is aimed for uh, chances are your kids are gonna love it chances are you're gonna love it and if you took everyone to the cinema it'll, it'll cost more money anyway um but this is a crying shame this wasn't a cinematic release because, again, I'm going back to the Black Panther example of that was a cultural phenomenon. That was uh, everyone uh, come – and this wasn't – yes, it was showcasing black excellence and, yes, very much as a black story, but it was very much about bringing the world in to experience that and see that in. It was a very inclusive movie, and I feel that about Mulan as well. And I, you know, I'm going to say now, if this was a, a cinematic release, it would have been a billion-dollar movie. Pre-COVID, of course. Pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tenant sitting there going, yeah, you try and make a fucking billion dollars right now. But um, yeah, if this was released pre-COVID, this would have been a billion dollar movie. Uh, I'm going to go four out of five. The action was brilliant. Uh, the set pieces did make you think about uh, other movies that I mentioned uh, previously, um, but not quite great. Mm. Very, very good. Best live action, though, until, of course, we get our Foxy Robin Hood uh, <laughs> adaptation next year. <laughs> that can't wait (laughs) well there you have it four out of five disney's mulan available on premier access on disney plus now i'm Hua mulan i will bring honor to us all We talked about it in the sponsor at the start of the pod, John. Yes, we sold our souls a little bit, but we only sell our souls if we think it's worth selling a bit for. And uh, Quiz Wish, as mentioned, uh, they've got some awesome quizzes on there. I'm going to play one with John at the moment. Uh, I picked a filmy one. It's going to be called, Can You Guess These Films Based on Their Incomplete Descriptions? So basically, I'll read you a description of a movie. Certain parts will be missing. They'll be blanked out, and Mm. you'll have to tell me what films they come from. But, John, don't worry. It's multiple choice, and it's pretty easy (laughs) if you're filmy enough. So, you ready? I'm not allowed to have a go at the quiz this time because it's our sponsor, right? Because that's usually my MO if I'm losing. Uh, I have a go at the question. Hey, I, I think they're willing to take feedback as well, to be fair. So, like, uh, yeah, if you think it sucks, say why it sucks and they'll, they'll make it better, right? Um, All right, cool. So, go on in. Let's, let's go. Okay. So, blank and blank have one thing in common. They are both lazy, unemployed leeches who still live off their parents. When Blank's mother and Blank's father marry and move in together, it turns the overgrown boy's world upside down. Your options are stepbrother, super bad, or risky business. It's got to be stepbrothers, isn't it? Stepbrothers. You are correct. Next question. Oh, oh, I like this. Multiple choice. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's all right, isn't it? Okay. Two days before his wedding, blank, blank, and three friends, blank, blank, and blank, drive to Las Vegas for a wild and memorable stag party. When the three groomsmen wake up in the morning, they remember one thing. They can't find blank. Your options are Ocean's Eleven, 21, or The Hangover. It is, of course, The Hangover. Yeah, you might as well. I you said stag. You know, <laughs> How many have you movie. got at home, listeners? <laughs> Make sure you keep up, Leon. <laughs> might surprise you. Okay, so question three. This comedy stars blank and blank as divorce mediators and longtime friends who have never met a blank they couldn't get themselves into. So your, your options are the other guys, 
Ted or Wedding Crashers? Hmm, I am not completely sure on this one. Um, the Wedding Crashers? You are correct, John. Oh, well, that was a bit of a guess, but lovely. Uh, it's more process for elimination there. Because I don't think I've seen Wedding Crashes. (laughs) (laughs) Wedding Crashes, like, I think it would be really problematic to make a film like that in 2020. But I remember generally enjoying that movie when it came out. Like, uh, there's Will Ferrell pops up in it. And he basically, like, the the general, there you go, John. So the 30-second synopsis review, basically it's a couple of guys who go to weddings. They bang around. And they also use it as a way to feed a divorce business. They have a mate who crashes weddings as well, who's Will Ferrell. He, he crashes funerals because apparently women are really horny then. Like I say, probably of a simpler time, probably shouldn't make it now. But you know what? If you can, if you can remove that part, it's all right. Anyway, question four. Blank coach Alex Blank mentors a bumbling client, Albert Blank, who hopes to win the heart of the glamorous Agala Cole. Your options are Hitch, 40-year-old virgin, or long shot. I'm not sure on this one either. Um, I don't think it's long shot. I liked long shot. That was a I good fucking love long shot. Such a I think that was a good movie. Um, I'm gonna go with You're all good films, actually. What's the second one? So you got Hitch. Your options are Hitch, 40-year-old virgin, or long shot. Do you want to reread the description? No, I'm gonna go Hitch. You know what, John? I'm wrong. I can put a put a fucking tail on it, mate. You're you're on a roll. Uh, wow. That is correct. I fucking loved Hitch. Actually, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it now. I'm gonna say it. Shoot me for it. I don't care. Will Smith's last good film. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that was it because it, it was it was. All right. So, are you ready for question five? Go on and hit me. Okay. Facing unemployment and his girlfriend's rejection, writer Eddie Blank is sure that he has no future. That all changes when an old friend gives him a blank that changes everything. Your options are Knives Out, The Matrix, or Limitsless. Eddie. I am I'm not completely sure on this one. I'm going to have to guess. Is it Limitless? You know what, John? You smashed it again. You, you can keep your filmy card for now. Uh, so that was question five. Again, I mean, if anything else, if you don't want to play this quiz, this is just actually a really good thing to tell you what certain movies you might enjoy watching. Like if you had a choice between Knives Out, The Matrix, or Limitless, you've got you got some options there, right? Like I haven't seen Limitless Ages. That was a good film. Anyway, next question, question six. Okay, you ready? Hit me. Blank is a thief with the rare ability to enter blank and steal their secrets from blank. His skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of corporate espionage. Inception. It also cost him. <laughs> you didn't even you didn't even want to hear the options john you no, don't care yeah. all right you are correct but i just have to say your options were american hustle inception <laughs> or now you see me so yes you're right inception Too okay easy. So, so this is your final one go on then so I don't think you're going to get this one. I don't think you're going to. I don't think you'll clean sweep this. John Blank and Jane Blank are a couple living in a stagnated marriage. They are desperately living in a mundane existence. However, each has been hiding a secret from the other. They are both blank, working for different agencies. Your options are Silver Linings Playbook, Mister and Missus Smith, or Friends with Benefits. 
That is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, you know, John and John. Jane. That sounds a bit too much like me and my wife. <laughs> we don't have <laughs> that, Well, there you go, John. Seven out of seven, you rock. Do you know what? So, that's the first go, time I've ever done well in one of our games. So by just on that, I will give this the seal of approval. Um, and let's, let's use it more because I found it. A lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. If you want us to keep playing these quizzes, give us a shout on Twitter at Talk Film with me. Thank you for Quiz Swish, and we'll keep playing quizzes. Till next time. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming. We have a real connection, a rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I think you're bending things. Huh? Okay, as I've alluded to in uh, earlier on in the podcast, so we are reviewing the latest movie hitting your Netflix screens uh, by Charlie Kaufman. It's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is a good way to end the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so, Charlie Kaufman, I don't know if you're a fan of him, but let's go through some of his credits. He wrote uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, my favorite, one of my favorite ever movies, uh, being John Malkovich. got a fucking star on for that. (laughs) (laughs) Being John Malkovich, an amazing movie. Adaptation. uh, And he's also wrote and directed uh, films like Anomalisa. um, And, oh, let me just hold on. There is one more. This is quite important. Nope. Sorry. I've got to start again, haven't I? I did it all wrong. Or shall I just crack on? Just crack on. Oh, I did. All right. And wrote and directed Anomalisa. So Charlie Kaufman, if you are not familiar with his work, his movies are some of the most original screenplays of the last 20, 30 years. They are incredible. I'm a huge fan, but it's fair to say they are very Marmite. Some people do not like the amount of work he gives the viewers because (laughs) this is... Way to be unbiased, John. <laughs> this is a collaboration. All his movies, you have to do a lot of work as as a viewer of this movie, and that's how he likes it. Um, and it's and this is no exception. In fact, I would say this is probably dialed it up to uh, dialed it up to ten. This is a very much a love it or hate it movie, I think. But let's get into it. So I'm thinking of ending things. So this follows a young woman played by Jesse Buckley. Uh, taking a road trip with her new boyfriend, Jesse Plemons, um, who's played by Jake. Uh, Jesse Buckley doesn't Not realistic. Actually... <laughs> no, not well, realistic. There's not a chance in hell that he would land her. But anyway, continue. Sorry. That didn't actually cross my mind watching it, which is, you know, I don't know if that's good makeup for Jesse Plemons, but there actually, we go. He's married to Kirsten Dunst in real life. You know, fair play, pal. <laughs> you got it. You got this. Carry yeah. on. So, so anyway, uh, you could be forgiven thinking this is a road movie for the first 15 minutes. It's very quiet. It follows them on the road on a snowstorm, very bleak, and they are talking. Uh, it's a lot of dialogue. It's basically 11 pages of dialogue apparently charlie kaufman said it's like it's like a play and it you're inside the head of jesse buckley's character uh, she doesn't have a name well, actually she has three now one of the features of this film little facts uh the things they're wearing their faces keep changing completely inexplicably and it makes no sense at all you know how flinty i sometimes have a moan on this podcast that who's making the real original movies who's making the crazy 
dialogue, crazy screenplays. Well, this ticks all the boxes because it is absolutely bonkers. And it's one of them, you blink if you miss it, you know, you'll be like, did that happen? Did I just see that? Has has he moved? You know, all kinds of shit. And it's, for the first 15 minutes, you could be forgiven for thinking this is a sort of a romantic film, possibly just a, you know, relationship if you didn't know much about Charlie Kaufman's movies. But things soon get, very weird uh, very quickly when they arrive at the farmhouse uh we'll get a little tour of the farm with jake's character and then they meet the parents of <laughs> jake's parents who are played by tony collette and david tulis they who... proper aged up for this haven't they as she was posting videos on social media about the hours she would have to spend in the makeup chair for this she uh, there's close-ups of her aged and i've never seen aging done so well she looks incredible uh and tony collette in this movie she she's not in it for for the whole thing she's in it for the second act if you will but she's incredible she even plays a younger version of herself as well and it's flawless i you know i i, I can't compliment her enough for her role in this and david tulis uh from Blackpool, good to see our English English boy in this movie. He's famous, proud. <laughs> he's doing. He plays. He makes some real. I think he allows for some real comic relief. Although you're not really sure if it's comedy, you're not. Sh- but I found his character very, very funny. Uh, again, aged up, aged down. No one knows what's going on. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a crazy, crazy movie, especially in this farmhouse. So there, it's mostly talking around. Um, around a meal um, and the dialogue just makes no sense so charlie kaufman's got this feature in a lot of his movies where something weird and surreal will happen but the actors will not react as if it's happened and yeah it, so you've as a viewer you've got nothing to kind of empathize it, norma- it normalizes the thing that makes the thing unique um i suppose one of the things that i find fascinating about your review just now john is that you say it's got jesse plemons in it and everything that man has been in, rightfully so, you praise very highly uh, because the guy is absolutely fantastic. You know, whether that's uh, from his time on Breaking Bad to even when he's not trying to be in something serious like uh, Game Night or something like that, he still brings amazing performances. Or you think about like uh, he's slowly building up this amazing CV, right? Uh, he was in, oh, what was it recently? Um the Irishman, you know, he's fantastic in that. Uh, you've not mentioned his performance once so far. So is that because everyone's smashing it or is this a bit of a dud for him? He's brilliant. Um, you At first, you think this whole film's about Jesse uh, Buckley's character, who, by the way, turns out the performance of the movie uh, along with Tony Collette. But she is incredible. Her voice changes very subtly so much changes the actors have an absolute field day with this movie because they're asked so much of them uh it's it's completely bonkers um and like i said it's a very love it or hate it movie i'll say now it's going to get a much lower audience score than the critic score uh there there isn't an audience score at the moment but there's 84 percent on the tomato meter so be prepared a lot of people aren't going to like this movie. And to be honest, I have to say, I didn't love everything about it either. Um, it's actually based on a book uh, by a Canadian author, debut from 2016. And he actually had a lot more firm kind of uh, resolving ending for this movie, which 
you're praying that Charlie Kaufman's going to resolve it in a, a satisfying way because you're done. You've done so much work with him and trying to kind of understand what's going on, trying to figure it out, and then what happens is a, a kind of huge song and dance number and an incredible dance at the end it's, it goes on for the last 20 minutes of the movie it's it's quite surreal and it takes you in directions you would never predict um but what it doesn't do like the book does is kind of give you a, a it doesn't work with you it doesn't give you a, a clear resolving ending and charlie kaufman in his interviews has said you know uh i want you to make up your own mind take there's no wrong answers take whatever you want from it <laughs> now so, I'd say that's lazy that's uh, lazy that's it you know what just hand out a blank sheet of paper and go fill in your own ending kids it was earth all along those damn dirty apes who knows um flinty there is nothing lazy about this movie i have to say because the attention to detail in this is incredible the camera work a lot of the time the cameras it's actually filmed in a narrow aspect ratio that kind of feels boxed in uh and which is what the movie is really it's a boxed in psychological kind of dreamlike melancholic nightmare if you will i don't know how better to describe it but usually your scores to these movies are banging what's the score like to this one is it noticeable uh i i'm not giving it a five because i just feel like so I mean, the music like the music oh, uh, sorry, uh, the like music. um eternal sunshine is beautiful right and yeah uh, in other movies as well he's he's helmed they've always been great the music is fantastic. It goes along. I think he's done an amazing job. Like you say, Eternal Sunshine, uh, it has a very melancholic feel to it. This has some beautiful, beautiful music in it as well. And loads of references to books and poetry that I don't understand. Uh, someone much more intelligent would. And there's so much to pick apart with this movie that you can watch it. I'm sure you can watch it 10 times and see something new. Although a lot of people will not want to watch this again. I'm just saying it there. Uh, this is a very Marmite movie, as you will find out. Um, two hours and 15 minutes doesn't exactly whiz by, but I did find part, portions of this movie, I was totally wrapped up in it and engrossed. And just me and my wife were looking at each other going, what? Wasn't her name Lucy before? What? What's going on? Who? And it just... It was a kind of a, a workout for the brain almost. And Charlie Kaufman, he tests his audiences. Uh, he w makes them think. He doesn't put it on a plate for you. And he lets you take what it uh, take from it what you will. Um, what I took from this, I'm just going to go for a little spoiler because I think the fun part is kind of interpreting what does it all mean? Why is it? Uh, so there's a janitor that is interloped interlo throughout the movie in random places um who appears at the end is a bit more a bigger role um and you don't really know why he's there or what's going on with him but i think by the end it's kind of clear that jake is him uh so he uh so he's a grown-up version of jake and he's quite lonely and led led kind of a, a lonesome sad life kind of full of regret really um and what he's basically dreaming about what ifs in, throughout his life and the female character is just an imaginary hence all the ch name changes it's sort of an imaginary device and a love interest that never really existed or didn't work out maybe it was a selection of girls that didn't ever uh happen for him 
I don't know, but it's that kind of... It feels like a massive spoiler, but I also know that, by the way, this guy makes movies. It's probably not. <laughs> it's not a spoiler because it's not really clear that that's what is that's going on. That's an interpretation on. you could take from it, basically. Yeah, and I do yeah. think that's the fun part of this movie, and it would be a shame not to kind of just give my take from it. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's about a guy whose life he didn't live to the full and had some regrets and and it's it's very sad in a lot of ways i think but the dialogue and some of the script is just beautifully delivered from the actors and it's just it's really interesting it's sort of like a uh, i don't know like a smorgasbord of just uh interesting thoughts and anecdotes that kind of this is bloating. born for you isn't it mate uh, uh, when i started reading as soon as i saw this came up i was like oh john's gonna love this give us the score mate what's your taste on marmite for this one my first note on this was actually writer porn because that's what it is it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit full of itself uh but it's unapologetically like that and if you don't like charlie kaufman's movies do not even try what are you doing it. yeah what are you doing at this point like you, if you, you know what you're getting in for a joint for this guy right so, yeah yeah um, but if you do like, if you are willing to go just a little bit further into the weird and wonderful brain of Charlie Kaufman, then give it a try. I would love to see what you thought. But to score this movie, um, I can't give it a five for the reasons I've said. I, I think it needs to work with the viewer just a little bit more. Um, it, there's not as the satisfaction that you get from some of his other movies. Uh, and it is it's a tough it can be tough to watch in, in places, but I just think it's one of the most original movies I've seen in a very long time, as you would expect from Charlie Kaufman. It's full of ideas and dreams, and it's just it's kind of a joy and refreshing to watch something like that, even if it was uh, hard. You have to work with him. Uh, you have to do your job as a viewer, which we're not used to doing. We're used to getting it fed to our faces. <laughs> Loud bangs, <laughs> funny lines. Um, so, yeah, I've got, I'm going to go with a four out of five, which seems to be most critics' consensus. There's a few poorer ones. Ultimately, the movie plays like a bullet point argument for a thesis. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the main critic is of it is it's kind of full of itself and uh, self-indulged and all that stuff which you had ex- it's what you expect it's, it's what you expect yeah. you, if you like eternal sunshine being john malkovich adaptation give it a try anomalisa is previous work uh, if you like that stuff you might like it uh, if you want a challenge give it a whirl i really enjoyed it um and i can't wait for more kaufman give it to me feed it to my veins good stuff well, there you go four out of five i'm thinking of ending things available on netflix maybe this is how it was always going to end Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this, if you like the cut of our jet, then click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Film to me. You'll be hearing stuff like our spoiler-filled review of Tenet. We'll also be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music. We'll also be playing more games from our friends, quizswish.com. John Descamento, my boy, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Descamento. He also has a 
Pond 5 page where he's making some amazing banging music. Just remember to pay for it because you know what, times like this, we've got to pay each other a little bit more. So we'll make sure we tweet out another time later. Uh, I've been Adam Flint. You can find me on Twitter at TalkFilmingToMe. But more importantly, it's been a pleasure serving you. Stay filmy till next time. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Bye-bye.